Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. On Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers Now sent you. Just before we go to Frank Saravalli uh, from Daily Faceoff with the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, Castle Downs Dan says, Jump all over Chickren Bob. The Oilers have to win now or no hope of re-signing Leon and Connor and a little chance they win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and back into a possible decade of darkness. Get it done, Ken Holland. That one comes to us from uh, Castle Downs, Dan. Well, what the Oilers have done by moving Yesapoli-Arvey and retaining zero cap space is they have created some flexibility. Away we go. We bring aboard for Daily Faceoff, uh, from uh, Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Find event schedule at thehorses.com. We'll see you at the races. Hello, Frank. How you doing? Pretty good, Bob. How are you? Uh, good. Good. For, I would suggest you the general consensus amongst the fans in uh, oil country is a good first step from Ken Holland. What's your take? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, look, I, I count me among the group that sort of firmly believe that the longer this went on, the Oilers were kind of putting themselves in a tough spot in terms of moving money around. And so to get off of Yesapoli contract and not have to pay anything and, in fact, get a prospect back, uh, then I think that was a pretty solid piece of business. And from a, you know, from a Canes perspective, I tweeted this as well. It's an absolute no-brainer. They were realizing that with Timo Meyer off the board, they were not going to be spending all $10 million of the LTIR space that they had available. They take Pugliarvi off the Oilers' hands. Maybe he can recreate some of the magic that he had at World Juniors with Sebastian Ajo. And even if not, he's a restricted free agent that they could then retain his rights moving forward. And so to me, kind of one of those classic win-win trades. And at this time of year when money is so hard to move, to get something in return is certainly a lot better than having to pay. You know, uh, exactly, and that's the other part of it, because there, it was coming to a point where there was some belief Edmonton might have to move, you know, maybe a third or fourth round pick with Pogliar. It's it's kind of hard to believe if you told me this would have happened in the first half of last year when he had 23 points, 10 goals, 23 points in the first 28 games, I would have said you're crazy. Uh, but he was never really the same player after he suffered a lower body injury and came back uh, last year mid-March. Um, the op- it, it, you know, it it's a sad end, but can I be frank? Like, as, as a guy who's around that team on a day-to-day basis, Frank, I'm actually happy. It's, I'm happy there's a conclusion to it. I wish nothing but the best of luck for Jesse, but I think it needed a conclusion. I think it needed yeah, an I, end I here agree, now. and I think your fan base, for whatever reason, he was a fan favorite. He's someone that people yeah. liked his personality and, and the spunk that he brought. I think everyone was hoping that he'd be more of an impact player the way that he was when he started last season. Yeah. 
And his game kind of unfortunately fell off a cliff at the end of last year. Yeah. And he's really struggled to regain that confidence that I think everyone is hoping that, you know, maybe this guy can figure it out. And, and yeah, nobody there's, some, wishes, there's something yeah. there deep down. Yeah. The Oilers just weren't able to pull it out of him on a consistent basis. When you are privileged in these sort of roles and, you know, as you know, there's, there's a there's 120 television and radio broadcasters in the league. It's it's a privilege to have those jobs. I I never cheer against a player once they move on from Edmonton. Okay, you know, and if if you're a person, well, he's not an Oiler now. I hate him. Then you're probably a guy that you know. If you break up with your girlfriend, you're what you know. You don't want to see her happy. You know what I mean? Like. I, I'm just not from that school. I mean, I'm from Philly, so that's typically the way I would do things, which would be like, <laughs> I, I hope you rot in a cell somewhere, but that's just me. You are an honest man. All right. Um, so now it gets interesting for Edmonton. Uh, I think we both believe it's it's probably, you know, the money's probably going to be uh, spent on defense and most likely on left-shot defense. Jacob Chikrin, what's the hard ask, you think, for Bill Armstrong? What's out there? What are you hearing? Well, the ask has been high. Um, and here's the thing. Like, when you look at the Edmonton Oilers and what they have to give, um, and, and this is what Ken Holland has been so cautious about, he actually just mentioned this in his press conference, saying that it was a little bit difficult to move some of the money around, and he found that not every team was willing to take back a contract. I believe the Arizona Coyotes were one of those teams that were not willing to take back a contract in order to facilitate a trade for Jacob Chikrin. So the reason why um, that happens is, you know, now the Oilers have the flexibility if they want to, to go make a move for Chikrin, or if they want to go to another defenseman on their list. And it wouldn't shock me if the Oilers in the last few hours here have pivoted back to check in with St. Louis on Colton Pareko or what's happening in Nashville with Matthias Ekholm. And to a much lesser extent, I think he's much further down their list is the Columbus Blue Jackets with Vladislav Gavrikov. So now if you're making one of those trades, you, you don't need to with Columbus, you need to do nothing at all from a money perspective now that you've moved Paul Yarvi. And he's one less player you'd have to throw into the deal with Nashville. So it just gives them the ultimate flexibility now to do what they want. They may still need to do more depending on who they go after, but this is a, a nice step forward. All right. So if we're looking at Chikrin and you're seeing a clean deal, that means no money going back. Are we talking two number ones and two number twos? I don't think it's two number ones and two number twos. My understanding was there was some flexibility in it depending on which pieces were in play. It was either two number ones and a, a higher echelon prospect, okay. or it was a, a number one plus a recent number one and a number okay. two and a mid-tier prospect. Like It depends on how you chop it up, but that's sort of the basis point for it. And... My understanding was, just moving back to Matthias Ekholm for a second, the Nashville Predators have gotten a lot of business done in the last few days. Nino Niederreiter is one. They got an absolute haul for tenors and O. I'm told the ask from Nashville for Matthias Ekholm revolves around two first-round picks as well. And he's a bit older than Chikrin. And he's got a body that has some miles on it. I, you know, I think that's a bit of a tough sell. Yeah, uh, and he's six point two five million. 
So three more years. Again, we we read you the numbers. A six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound left shot D. He's playing twenty one fourteen per game. He's five and a half million in real salary. Six point two five for three more years. Does not have a no move clause. Conversely, seven goals, twenty eight points in thirty six games for Chickren. He's playing twenty three sixteen though he hasn't played the last several games. Six foot two, two eighteen, um, and four point six million. I mean, that's a big difference. It's one point six five million. I, I, you know, I, our listeners would say right now that Chick. I mean, you might say stylistically the Oilers need a defensive shutdown D in the second pairing more than they need another guy that's a bit like Darnell Nurse. I might assert to you if you play the game a little bit more in the opposition zone, maybe you're not requiring a shutdown guy as much. And I like the difference in the price point. That's a big $1.9 million for me. Uh, Frank, what about you? Yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, and I think, again, with Ekholm, there were other pieces that were involved in order to make the money work. You you can do the math and say, when you look at Ekholm, um, the the other pieces that would be required, you're thinking probably someone from your blue line to get to six and a quarter. They sh- they shaved off three with Pugliarvi. Now that's still three and a quarter left to move. Yeah. It's a lot of work to do. All right. Uh, Pareko. And I love Colton. I've done events with Colton uh, for Jerry Johansson. guy. How could you not like him? I like him. But seven more years at six and a half million dollars, Frank. Or six more uh, with a no movement clause. I think he'd wave to. It's, I mean, it's obviously blown up in St. Louis. He's playing twenty three seventeen per game. So he's if you're playing twenty three minutes, I, I would have to think if they do that, CC would be part of any part of the deal going back. I don't know what would be going back, but the concern isn't um, isn't really the the ice time or, or anything like that. And I don't think even the blues are, are frustrated with, um, with Pareko's play. I think they're frustrated looking at their salary cap picture and they're looking at it saying, we've got fall Krug and Pareko Krug isn't probably going anywhere, even though he's older than, than Pareko. All these guys are at six and a half million bucks for the next four seasons and then Letty's for three more seasons at four, and all four of their top four have no trades, and Marco Scandell is making way too much at 3275. So they're in a tough spot. They're looking for flexibility. They're looking for an out here. Well, and they're looking they for an out. Try would, and, would they have to sweeten it? Not a, not sweeten, but it's going to depress the return. Like this guy's got $42.5 million remaining on the deal, or more than that, $44 million bucks. That's a lot. That's a big contract to take on for a guy that it expires at age 36. And at six foot six, Bob, 230 pounds, you know as well as anyone that those guys tend to age really poorly as the league continues to get younger and faster. Yeah, I'd be a little bit leery. I want to read you a quote. I know you saw it. We read it on yesterday's show. And it is from Julian Breezebaugh, Frank Cervalli, joining us for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Find event schedules at thehorses.com. We'll see you at the races. Here we go. 
At the end of the day, said Julian Breesbaugh, I know there's a perceived value of those picks, but we have a really good idea of what the actual value of those picks are. Individually, you can go, what's the first-round pick worth? What's the second-round pick worth? And so forth and so on. When we look at what that's worth to us, based on the odds of those picks turning into good NHL players down the road, I'd rather have a good player right now for this season and next and help this group win right now because I know what the odds are of those picks turning into players and I also know what the odds are of one of those picks turning into players that can help us win while we have this group of players right now uh, in their prime ready to go for another long run and the odds of that are zero with the picks were you stunned at the hull that the National Predators got for Tanner Janot so yes the answer is yes, and I think that the ask before that even surprised me a little bit too because I didn't hear it until after the trade was completed that they were looking for two first-round picks. And so if you can kind of do the math and parse through Julian Breesbaugh's words, you can almost hear him saying that the first, the second first is equivalent to a 2, 3, 4, and 5. And so there's a lot in play here. But what I would say is that there is a really interesting factor at work with the Tampa Bay Lightning and how they've built their team. First off, you could say it's a lot, but the curated selections that they've made with their roster and filling out their bottom six have almost been impeccable. From Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul to Barkley Goodrow, uh, Blake Coleman, they've all been home runs, Grand Slam home runs. And so... When you consider all of that, um, I think what's most fascinating is looking at how they build their team and the years of the picks that they've now been forced to give up based on their lack of draft capital is that when you look at their cap structure and you've got these other guys, three years left is essentially their window. That's more or less what Julian Breesbaugh is saying. Yes. Victor Hedman has three years left. Steven Stamkos will expire before that. And it's so fascinating to me that the team that they did the deal with is Nashville because they got to the 2017 Cup Final and it's been a slow bleed out since then. So they were in a spot where... You're, you're good, Frank. I just want to say you're good. Why you, is that? You just put this tweet out while you're doing this interview with me? Yeah, I click send. We do. I, I did bury the lead. We do have some breaking news. All right. Uh, well, uh, all right. So it is what it is. Uh, there you go. You've explained it. Three-year window in Tampa. So, and the picture. Are- but then after that, let me finish my point. The point is to get to the very bottom as quick as you can after that. So here's my guess. And you can play this back to me in, in four years. That once they get to the bottom or they realize that they They're can't do They're trading their anymore, big guns. They're trading their big guns. Kucherov, point. Vasilevsky, all those guys, and they will get all the picks back that they've 100%. already now traded away. That's how junior works. A couple more Stanley Cups. That's how junior works, and some of these guys have worked their way up through junior. Breaking, it's showtime. Frank Saravalli, as he's conducting this inter- interview, sources tell at Daily Faceoff, New York Rangers expected to acquire Patrick Kane for a 2023 second-round pick that be- can become a number uh, number one and a fourth-round pick. Rangers and Blackhawks plan to conduct a three-team trade call tonight. Possible Kane makes his Rangers debut Wednesday in Philly. Frank, how in the hell did you do that while we were on the air doing this interview? Uh, this is no shock. This has obviously been at work for a while. Um, 
And so, you know, this has been in play, I think, since Friday or Saturday. They've been talking and trying to get, you know, the framework of something in place. Um, and so this it's it's not new, essentially, that they've been working to get to a point where New York has the requisite cap space to acquire Patrick Kane. And so I think you kind of heard it from Kane a couple weeks ago after the Tarasenko trade. And I think what that did was perked up the ears of the New York Rangers to say, is there still a chance we could do this? There you go. And they got it done. Frank, the Pittsburgh Penguins waved Kasperi Kapanen. St. Louis took him. I was surprised by that. Uh, and now there's rumors that Pittsburgh might be looking at JT Miller. Yeah, so here's my understanding is that, I mean, I there have been a number of teams, and the Penguins aren't alone, Bob, that have been talking about JT Miller internally for a while, that they're saying, hey, we've got to look at the market to this summer and see which UFAs are available, and how would that potentially compare, since it's expected to be a thin class, to the contract that JT Miller has kicking in on July 1? Would we sign... JT Miller to that contract this summer as a free agent on the market. So that's what teams are asking themselves. And more or less, the answer has been, yeah, it's somewhat in the range of what we would consider. It's not out of the realm of possibility. The other thing you have to factor in is what would it cost to then get Miller from Vancouver? But we all know that Vancouver is looking for the flexibility to have some cap space. Miller is another guy like Pareko. The deal is expiring at age 36 or 37. You don't want to be in a spot where you're holding the bag at the end of it. And I think if Vancouver could have a do-over, they'd probably want one in the order in which they signed these players. Nonetheless, it's possible that JT Miller moves before Friday, but I would say it's an extreme long shot at this moment in time because the Canucks, I think, would like to acquire an NHL-ready center first before then moving Miller. So if you see the Canucks do something where they make a trade for a center, then you know that JT Miller is on his way out. But until then, I'd be surprised if they do it without having some backup because they're trying to redo this on the fly. They're not trying to bottom out. All right, and St. Louis is in the same position. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out how they would, you know, I mean, they'd have to take back... Big money on Pareko as well. Who do you got at the top five right now uh, on your uh, trade board for daily faceoff? Uh, I wish it was as strong as it used to be. It uh, it isn't quite the same. Uh, number one is still Chikrin. Uh, I think we're all hoping. Look, I, I, he's got to move before Friday. There's no way you can put the genie back in the bottle. Not after 15 months. Not after sitting out for almost three weeks. Not after he's requested the trade. What are you going to do? Come back to him in March and say, hey, do you want to play again? It can't happen. He's moving. Vladislav Gavrikov, two. Kevin Hayes, three. Matthias Ekholm, four. And James Van Riemsdyk, five. And the orders are linked to three of those defensemen. Uh, I would go Chikrin, one. Ekholm, two. Gavrikov, three. If it were me, I have no idea what orders management is thinking. I like Chikrin's age and his uh, salary cap hit more than Ekholm's. My guess is that your your uh, order of preference is probably pretty similar to the front office. Okay, well, that's that's good to hear from you, Frank, in Philadelphia. Much appreciated. Uh, hey, love having you on the show. How do people follow you? I think they know how to follow At you. Frank underscore Saravalli. All right, so just, just to verify, guys from Philly, 
uh, hope their ex-girlfriends end up in a cell. Is that what you said? A cell, so, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere where there's not much light. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, yeah, uh, by the way, Philly, Philly's where it's at tomorrow night potentially because Patrick Kane might make his New York Ranger debut on Wednesday night in Philadelphia against the Flyers. You were the guy that mentioned Provorov before as well, right? You said, hey, you want to think outside the box. I don't know. Is that still a potential? Do you yeah, think? it feels like a bit of a long shot. Kevin Hayes is much more likely. Frank, love having you on. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. See ya. See ya. 1254 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We open the show for uh, with New Year's Day today. Brendan S. Scott, perhaps you can explain why. Yeah, U2's album War came out this day in uh, 1983. Grade 11. Playing for the Southside Athletic Club that year. Guy Godowski was my center. I got a call today from a couple agents about Penn State. Uh, there you go. Great album. We're heading back to California this April with New West Travel. You fly to L.A. and watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel package includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott L.A. Live, lower bowl game tickets for both games, and a welcome reception with yours truly and guests. For the California Hockey Tour, reach out to newwesttravel.com. Off to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brandon. Yes, it's a busy night. Uh, Ten games across the NHL this evening. Calgary home to Boston. Keep an eye on Seattle visiting St. Louis and Los Angeles in Winnipeg as well. Those are the other teams that uh, Edmonton jockeying with for Pacific Division position. Uh, Oilers and Leafs, of course, goes tomorrow 6 o'clock on 6.30. Chad, that means your face-off show starts at 4.30. Detroit signing defenseman Jake Wallman to a three-year extension. It's worth $3.4 million per season. Bakersfield hosting Coachella Valley and Ontario at home this weekend. Start of seven straight at home, in fact. Oil Kings playing in the hockey hooky game this afternoon. Just uh, getting going in the third period at Rogers Place. They are facing the Winnipeg Ice for a second straight game. And for a second game, the Winnipeg Ice out to a big lead. 5-1 the score right now. Golden Bears and uh, Calgary Dinos will clash for the Canada West Championship this weekend, Bob. Uh, starting down in Calgary, but of course, both teams having qualified for the national championship as well there we go all right now we're going to put it over to you you can text us on the ashley fine floors text line ken holland has created some cap space we assume it's for a defenseman give me your order of d texas at 780-496-0063 we'll also open up the river Cree resort and casino hotline what should the orders do with said uh, cap space and rank the defense who do you want do you want chikrin do you want Ekholm? do you want to trade for pareko uh you tell us when we return on orders now after a global news weather traffic update with randy kilburn